Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Are you currently in college or recently graduated but kind of struggling to figure out how to approach your post-grad life? If so, then I have the perfect guide for you, which I created for my college self in mind. That is the Everyday Girl's Guide to Career Success ebook, which features a holistic approach to all things starting out in your career during and after college, from cultivating the right mindset, building your resume, maximizing your LinkedIn profile and network, and so much more. I take you through a personal step-by-step guide on how to prepare for all areas needed when searching for a job. And these were actually many steps that I personally did between my sophomore and senior year of college, as well as the first year out of college. So I always highly recommend to start early to create opportunities for yourself. In this ebook guide, you will find cover letter tips and custom templates available for download, resume building steps, with with three custom templates, LinkedIn tools, and step-by-step guide on maximizing your profile, top 20 behavioral interview questions, and a lot more. Again, you can find this online at whatfulfillsyou.com. Just make sure when you click shop, just go to all products and you will find the ebook there, or just go to the show notes and it will be linked. Emily Elizabeth, and I'm the host of the What Fulfills You podcast, a show for and about individuals always seeking to be their best selves. On this show, we talk all about building the mindset, finding the right careers, creating meaningful relationships, and so much more. Welcome to the What Fulfills You podcast. Welcome back to the What Fulfills You podcast. My name is Emily Elizabeth. I'm your host. And if you've been a longtime listener, and I also want to say if you've been a listener since Young and Ambitious, which is a podcast I had with a co-host way back in the day, back in 2019, (laughs) um, you might know of this character. He's quite familiar, and his name is Mike Yu. He has been mentioned before as a great friend of mine. Uh, in which I talked about on that very old podcast of mine. But then also, um, he's been on this podcast already twice. And I will link the prior episodes in the show notes if you are interested in tuning into those, because I think those two hit on more specific topics. I think one of them was more around kind of psychology and human dynamics and relationships. And another one, I think, was also more about finances and money. And On today's episode, it's actually just more of a raw talk of everything. I did have focus points that I wanted to touch on with him. And uh, it's usually just topics that I often already talk about with that friend. And it's very common for me to be having great discussions and wishing that there is a podcast mic on us at all times because then I can always save it and utilize it for an episode. But that's very much what we did here. And if you guys are not familiar with my friend Mike, Uh, We've been friends for eight years. We met when I was 18, senior in high school. He was a waiter at Applebee's. We we bring it up on this episode, so I won't dive into that too much. But um, I will say there's a common theme as well in how I meet a lot of people in my life. And it's actually just always very random and spontaneous. And I think I'm quite good, especially now at this age, at recognizing when someone has similar values and personal visions uh, with me. And I like to maintain friendship and good relationship and connection with them. And so that's what happened here with Mike. And funny enough, too, um, we also mentioned this uh, in in recording, but uh, we were in Medellin, Colombia in recording this and we're just sitting on his couch chatting. And the funny part about that is I came to Medellin, Colombia. I think I'm saying it right, you guys, but um, I I came there on a one-way ticket and I wasn't really sure. I think at first I was like, okay, I'm going to plan to stay for two to three weeks. And then shortly before I was leaving, 
And by the way, I booked the flight like three days in advance. So it's very different from my normal planning things out. But I remember before heading out, I was like, yeah, you know what? I'll probably stay for five days. I don't know, maybe a week. We'll see. And I just ended up really enjoying it, um, had quite an experience. And so it's it's just so different. And so I personally for me, recording this episode was I was in a very different energy frequency and certainly in a in an energy that was more aligned with me I felt like I became I was slowly shifting to more of that focused version of myself that I talked about on a few episodes back regarding around like finding your core focuses during the summer instead of focusing on hot girl summer or trying to be in a relationship or trying not to be in a relationship like I think sometimes Again, especially in the female social circles, uh, we talk a lot about things that aren't actually helpful for us long term. And so that was my intention with coming to Colombia was uh, to realign my energy to what I know is natural to me. And of course, experience a different culture because I am, you know, a very curious person. And you guys probably can tell from what I talk about and all my travel experiences, I love leaving the country and I love pushing myself out of my comfort zone. And I think that's just been a common theme since I was a young child from uh, small town Pennsylvania. But anyways, uh, that is a little spiel on what we got going on for today's episode. And that being said, I hope you enjoy this fun little raw talk and we'll dive into it. Mike, you, what is good, dude? Life is good. Dude, this is crazy. We have Medellin in the background and um this is I think day this is day five for me in Medellin so this is crazy I'm actually glad that we are recording this here instead of New York because I this I think this just makes it more raw and fun for us and we've had more of a mastermind a daily mastermind flow every day so I think it's actually led up to this even more so I'm glad I like that. Yeah. I feel aligned. Yeah. Absolutely. For everyone who doesn't know, this is Mike's third time being on the podcast. Um, I think the past times, I think the first one was definitely 2020. The second time was probably sometime in 2021. Mm -hmm. So maybe it was 2022 that you weren't on it. And this is now the third time is 2023. Right. Yeah. So this is uh, pretty awesome. But I want to start with our friendship story because... For those who have listened, my favorite is that I have to point out there's this girl. And hopefully, I think she still listens because she follows me on Instagram. But I, I remember her, especially when I was smaller. She messaged me well, when it was my old podcast from Young and Ambitious. And I mentioned you there already. You were a character that was already present. And she made a comment saying, everyone needs a mic you in their life. Mm-hmm. And so when I brought you on my new show, like these people remember the characters. And so like, you were a character already mentioned from Young and Ambitious, and then you actually became a more, uh, I guess, like supporting character. Like, like you can see it now. You can hear and see the character come on the new podcast. So now it's like kind of funny because for those who followed along the whole story, they know, but some people don't. So we'll have to bring it back. But Applebee's. Right. That's where it all begins. Yeah. I was I was your waiter. Uh, you would always come in. You always ate, ate for Taco Meltdown. Uh, sweet tea and uh, I don't know it was like for some reason you just kept appearing back at my table I go off to California you you do your thing but over the years I just remember we always kept in touch and then you did your Europe travel during that time I was in my uh, first serious relationship in college you've been you've been there yeah. through all that and then um, yeah eight years of friendship and we have to start with that because that is exactly why I'm even here in Medellin and I think a lot of my listeners are very aware of my tendency to make friends in very unique and different places Elia another character in my life I met him at the mall and so I encourage a lot of women listening to kind of use that approach like don't be don't be scared you know like if they approach you be open to it like that's what happened Elia was approaching me when I was eating gelato and you were my waiter and I was like yo you're like yo and every time it's like all right she likes chocolate cake yeah you know yeah so uh without that interaction and the keeping in touch along the way 
we I wouldn't be here in Medellin. In which, by the way, you guys, I booked this trip three days before I flew here. It was kind of a last minute thing, but also like it was in mind. But there was a catalyst where uh, in my life where I was like, I think I just need a re- like a fast change of environment. So I was like, I'm going to come. On a one way. Yeah, on a one way. I, I, I don't have a return flight uh, at the moment as we speak. I just decided, like, I, I don't know, but I'm just going to buy a one-way and, and see from there. So that's the most YOLO thing I've done in a long-ass time. How's it feel for you so far? It feels very freeing and grounding. Like, I don't feel, like, out of, like, like it's not me. You know what I mean? It feels like maybe two years ago, if I booked a one-way like this, it might feel uncomfortable for me. Yeah. But right now, I feel very at ease because I'm like, yeah, like, if I, you know, need to or want to go back, like, Sometime next week, I'll just book that flight and, you know, I'll be able to go. So now I just feel more like comfortable. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Totally. Myself in that. I want to start with the question around how and why do you think we were able to keep in touch so well in the eight years that brings us to this level of friendship today? To be honest with you, I think like maintaining friendship over time is like a lost art where a lot of people, they don't value friendship. I think with us, uh, we 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 have a light goals, right? So mm-hmm. we, so that that's important, right, for the direction of the friendship. But more than that, life hit, like life's a roller coaster ride, and despite those those rides, we've also been there for each other in different times, and also have supported each other on those times during those rides. And so I really think the the biggest thing is to maintain some type of level of consistency mm-hmm. over time at the line towards the same direction. Mm-hmm. Um, that you both care mutually and compatibly. Yeah, that's actually true because I think I mentioned this to a friend the other day that this is with romantic partners, mm-hmm. but also friends is that if you don't kind of keep up on on your side of the the boat, if you will, like you're going to either fall behind or you're going to go ahead and they're falling behind. You know, that's why sometimes friendships don't last, not because something bad happened but simply because you guys went different directions yeah and those the the direction is also predicated on the choices we make and i think you and i we talked about this earlier today and yesterday just that we both have consciously made wise decisions in bouncing back you made a comment like something like it was after your like your most recent um you know, situation where you were saying, like, I'm not going to let, like, life knock me down that fast or something. Remember, you said this at the mall yesterday. Yeah, I just, I, I refuse to be knocked down so easy. Yes, there we go. There we go. That's what it was. Yeah. And, like, things are going to happen, but it's, like, this is all a game. Yeah. Like, this is all a game. So the higher you go in the game, the better the fall. What you learn to realize, though, is that as you go through things, you get better at the game. And the bigger and the better you get it, that much more difficult to actually fall back down despite the height of the fall mm-hmm. so for me i'm like no i didn't get here just for no reason yeah like, i'm not going to just fall from something so simple yeah. yeah speaking of falls you've had actual really hard mental downfalls emotional downfalls a mix of both but also and and i have as well but also even for you um you've ha- you've gone to zero more or less on the financial side and have bounced back up multiple times. Yeah. And I think that's cool and fascinating because you are able to speak at it on it from a perspective of, well, I know what it was like to have nothing. And I don't think, at least in my circle, I don't have as many people that have done both. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That have been at zero and like hit it and then went back again and then hit it again. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of like the key of every entrepreneur. And that's what I love about dating someone um, who is entrepreneurial doesn't mean that they are an entrepreneur but has an entrepreneurial mentality which is this is why I personally don't love uh, some of the the minds that I, I hear from fellow girlfriends is, and sometimes it's like meeting someone or dating someone when they've already made it right. because to me or made it as in like they have a, 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 a good level of wealth because to me it's like okay that's great but also if, if that kid is about to go to zero can he come back up because that's every entrepreneur knows like making money is just a skill or building wealth is just a skill. Mm-hmm. And so I need someone with that mental framework of like whether they're a lawyer or an artist or a tech entrepreneur. I don't 
care, you know? Yeah. But um, can you touch on that? Like how you were able to bounce back on both? Mindset-wise, how was I able to bounce back after having something going to zero, getting it again, mm-hmm. right? I think it's I think it's an understanding that, like in life, what you you experience reality as you are. Mm-hmm. So any any of those times where I was experiencing a compartment of my reality, it was because that's what I was born to as a person. Like Dr. Joe Dispenza says, right? Mm-hmm. If you want to change your personal reality, you have to change your personality. Mm-hmm. So for me, like. In those times, I mean, whether it's, you know, working at a really, really great job and losing all my money or going to jail and losing all my money, um, all those times, they they can only make you or break you. So I'm like, okay, I refuse to be broken. I'm not going to be broken by this. Mm-hmm. But for me, it becomes fun then. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like, whoa, okay. If this is not going to break me, then like, how is it going to make me? Mm-hmm. And for me, that's where things really get, get to become fun. So in that whole process of going from zero to hero, back down to zero all over again, I say mindset-wise to have a playful attitude about it. Mm-hmm. Like, don't be attached to the props when you're the magician. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me now, um, uh, things just keep getting better and better. I also realized had I kept experiencing that cycle, it was because there was something that I had to work on within myself to really ascend to the next level, the next frontier for me. Um, it's interesting. They say like getting it's one thing, keeping it's another, mm-hmm. and then multiplying what you've kept is a completely different thing. Yeah. And so for me, I always found it was really easy to get things, but never maintain and keep on to them. And so that requires a different type of operating from how I was previously. On the financial and wealth building side, what do you have to say about being able to maintain and grow on that front, considering you have gone like to zero before and back more than once. I've always believed the foundation of our fulfillment in life doesn't come from our success, but rather the strength of our relationships, not only with others, but also with ourselves. And how we develop a deeper connection is through self-reflection and purposeful conversations with those around us, especially like-minded individuals. And that is exactly why I created the What Fulfills You card game, to cultivate both more meaningful relationships with others as well as ourselves on the journey of personal growth. I certainly use these questions as a guide for journal prompts and weekly check-ins with myself and of course when I am playing this game with friends on a Friday night in, you bet I am enjoying it with a glass of wine or two, who knows. (laughs) Shop the card game now at whatfulfillsyou.com and enjoy an exclusive 10% off for listeners only with the code whatfulfillsyou10 at checkout. That's what fulfills you 10 at checkout at what fulfills you.com. Enjoy. Yeah. I would say, like, you, your business, your finances can't grow. Did you not grow? Uh, I would say, I would say, when it comes to making money, when it comes to, you know, income generation, you can't be afraid. More than, more than all of it, as we know, like, money's energy. Uh, what I've really learned, though, in that time is to maintain my own frequency and not be attached to the screen world when the blips on the screen are changing. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm not identified by my money, mm-hmm. um, where at one point I was. And in the 3D world and in, in, in mainstream society, we're taught that our value is composed of how much money is in our bank account. Mm-hmm. And so I can tell you the difference between me having nothing versus me having something. It really was me self-identifying and changing how I valued myself and realizing that I am not my money. Then it became fun because then I'm like, okay, well, what do these blips on the screen really mean? Mm-hmm. And being able to create that own assignment and agreement with how I value and how I see money is what really changed from the before and after. And that, I think, more than anything, mm-hmm. is allowing the the keeping and the multiplication of stuff. Why do you think a lot of men tend to identify with their money? Like, like, obviously, we, we un, like, I mean, from my perspective, I understand that men gain a lot of their confidence and masculine energy, if you will, through their ability to, uh, their ability to have resources, pay for those resources, mm-hmm. um, you know, be able to support another woman in a certain way with those resources, et cetera. But understand how valuable it is for a man um, in that regard, but also 
why do you think some of them get too attached to that, right? Because you, I've had this conversation with you. I've dated um, on the entire spectrum. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not the type of person that identifies them based on their level of wealth or level or means to be able to provide a certain resource. Because again, in my mind, it can come and go. Yeah. But I see um, kind of a weak spot for a lot of the ones that I've been with that do have a lot of means is that they are too identified in it. And that was one thing that actually always was a turnoff for me. Mm. Yeah, so I think in the regular world, it's just, it's what we're taught. It's all the, the collective agreement or assignment we've made. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, being a, uh, most men, being a man, being able to have money gives optionality, which mm-hmm. provides power. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's, I think it's just based on the collective agreement and assignment that we've made that this is how, uh, again, a lot of, I would call it the unconscious and the unconscious world is how a lot of men identify. And I can mm-hmm. say I was there too at one point. Right where I identified based on how much money I made. And I only wanted to identify and create relationships based on people who made money. Mm -hmm. And at one point that really becomes like a place coming from a place of fragmentation Mm -hmm. because now we're not identifying as people and as human beings with with beating heart or identifying based on a fixed amount, which is man-made. Yeah. And so now we're limited. Yeah. Yeah. How were you able to shift out of that though? (laughs) So, I mean, a couple of different things, like number one, you're, it's weak. Like yeah. energy. Yeah. Like if you identify based on how much money you have or don't have, you're yeah. weak. Yeah. Where you can tap into a, a greater source. Uh I would say more than that though, um I assigned the new meaning to what actually gives me value. Mm-hmm. And it had nothing to do about money, nothing to do with money. Mm-hmm. And since uh since I assigned the new meaning of how of how I value myself and what I'm defined by, not having to do anything with money, I've only made more money. Because now I've taken the money out of the money making process, mm-hmm. and when you can do that, then it it it's not as important as it once was to you. Right. It, it's really a means to an end. You assigned a new a new value, a new meaning. Yeah. So yeah, I, I would say I, I I would say that, and then by shifting that paradigm is what also allows for more to be made. And with each level, there's a shift in paradigm. People can often say, even for both of us, um, but maybe you hear from others when you're trying to encourage them and influence them to to think and and grow and and improve in their own way mm-hmm. and some people will argue well i don't have the resources to for a therapist or a coach or to have a gym membership or to you know whatever it is that could scale them personally yeah. right but you've been there get once again uh, on on both ends of the spectrum of having the resources and not having the resources. And when I say that, I mean like financially. So, and that's usually what, what people often say as a pushback. Well, I don't, I don't have the, the means or like within my budget to spend on a coach, right? Yeah. Like things like that. Or maybe some of them don't have an interest in a coach, but maybe it literally is just as investing in a trainer mm-hmm. so that you could build yourself uh, physically in better shape. Like we spoke with, um, you know, Abraham yesterday, he mentioned that like he got better, like, and you realize like, wow, there's, more for me to learn in the gym and I've been lifting this entire time and there, he just realized there was more to learn. Yeah. So what's what's your advice for someone, let's say they, they truly are in a place where they don't have the financial means to do it and then we'll touch on the other side too. Well, I mean, it really depends on what your morals and ethics are. Yeah. So you can beg, borrow, cheat or steal. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, it's that simple. Like if, you, if, if something's important enough, I believe you'll find the money. If not, you'll find an excuse. Right. But you can't find both. It's like most times we say, I don't have the money. We do, I do sales for a living, right? Correct. We're all salespeople here. So, but that's not really, that's not true. What we're, what we're, what we're really saying is I'm choosing not to be resourceful. And so we'll externalize our 3D, our situation, what's going on or what we believe is going on mm-hmm. as the reason why that, why we can't move forward. Mm-hmm. When re- really that should be the reason why we should move forward. We often think that, uh, you know, circumstances make us, but really mm-hmm. we make our circumstances. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, with that, like Tony Robbins says, right, it's not a matter of your resources. It's just a matter of how resourceful are you. Yeah, so I agree with that. If anyone ever says, I can't, it's hard, whatever, realize that this is only a, this is only going to get harder. We just get better at dealing with harder. And when you take the seriousness out of it, remember, it's the game. Uh-huh. And the most adoptable player will win. Right. So if you're in a situation to where you believe you don't have money, mm-hmm. just shift the relief. Mm-hmm. How can I get the money? Mm-hmm. How can I find the money? Who can give me the money? Mm-hmm. Where can I find the money? Yeah. 
Yeah. And sometimes too, where what I see as a big observation is that a good chunk of people, they could easily cut back or like not spend on the other thing mm-hmm. that is like more or less a vice, if you will. Yeah. And they're saying, and they, and they need that same amount for whatever it is that could help them improve physically, mentally, emotionally, but instead they're using it on other things, yep. right? So like they have it, yeah, and, and but they're spending it differently. Right. But they're also not acknowledging that to themselves. Yeah, I think that that causes a, a an energetic deficit within themselves uh-huh. because they're not they're they're not again the assignment you give the money and then how you're spending the money will almost mm-hmm. generate a relationship with how the money will either come back to you or go into another form. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to touch on because you 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 mentioned a bit about bouncing back from a dark place mentally, mm-hmm. emotionally, financially, possibly because you you've had some. You know, and again, I'll, I'll let you elaborate on that to whatever extent you want. But you've had a lot of, in the recent two years, just extremely, and you put it in your own words. You told me that that was probably the darkest point for you. Yeah. Would you say so? I, w- I, w- I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I personally know a good chunk of people in my life that also have or currently are in that place, in a place where it's the darkest they've ever experienced, mentally, emotionally financially one of the three or all three whatever but i'm really curious to hear a discussion from you on how you navigated that process especially without resorting so my thing is too i think a lot of people i see in in my life they often not to say this is bad or good but they they have a fortunate handicap of parents or like really close friends like things that kind of like help them get through it without also actually like experiencing it and and growing through it right like the most basic example is when my breakup from college happened in that eight month breakup period before we got back together my ex and I I did all this personal development stuff that was the beginning of Emily tapping into Tony Robbins Tim Ferriss and all these different people that helped me shift my mindset and this is why what fulfills you exist today but what happened for my ex, and again, not a bad thing, but just a reality, is that he was able to graduate. He moved back to San Diego. He had his hometown friends. Uh, he had his parents there. He had comfortable, right? And so the primary reason why I ended up ending the relationship after we got back together for two years was that I had grown significantly more. I learned how to adopt and grow and take that um, slap in the face of, Emily, you're not a healthy person and I instead of um, handicapping it with going out to parties and things that my girlfriends were somewhat encouraging in a again loving way like they don't know any better so it's like a bad thing right they're just kind of help me like feel better yeah but I wanted to be better Mm. right and so same thing I think my ex um, naturally did things that helped him feel better in in a good safe way but then the cost of that is not learning how to grow through that and so I feel like you time and time again you've always taken a dark time in life or dark experience and growing through and that's a hard choice to make every time because it's so much easier for like a lot of girls after a breakup I hear all the time I love you girls but like girlfriends like they're always like all right fuck him let's go to the bars you're a hot single bitch hot girl summer let's go right and it's like hold on though like 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 what can you be doing for yourself like you don't you don't need to go into that advice you know yeah so yeah long-winded question but as far as mindset, when coming back from a dark place, realize that it's really, what if you're telling your perception of it? What if it's really not that dark? Because mm-hmm. what, what is darkness? Just the absence of light, the absence of it, right? So with that, for example, I mean, you know, I went to jail, right? So I went to jail in a Dominican prison, um, and I experienced, you know, everything under the sun from, you know, corruption, extortion, um, you know, losing, losing, losing a lot. Uh, but it gave me, a, whenever we go through anything, it's like the universe just coming down on us. Mm-hmm. And like, it's like, it's like a basketball where like you take the basketball and you just throw it as hard as you can to the ground. And it only has one of the choice, which is to go up. Mm-hmm. And like, so I do this where I'm, I'm talking to myself. I'm like, really? 
Yeah. This is what you want to do to me? Really? Mm-hmm. I guess we're going to be made by this. <laughs> and that that's what really propels me, Emily. I, 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 I look for those times. I look for those times where it might be difficult. It might be challenging. It might be dark. I realize that tough times never last, mm-hmm. but tough people always do. And when you pray for wisdom, the universe, God will send challenges for you to stretch the mind and in return, really overcome and become wiser. Mm-hmm. And the power that we have inside of us is, is never as great as the obstacles in front of us. So in that, in these times, you actually, funny, you get better and better at going through them. Yeah. And when you can normalize them and just understand that they're just part of how the game works, mm-hmm. then it makes that much more going through them that much more uh, acceptable, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good word for that. For sure. It's. I love that you did say there that over time, um, it gets easier or more acceptable to go through them, especially if, if the, after going through a first one. I remember still to this day, and I told my best friend Harry this too, that what I've been going through over the past nine months on like the emotional fluctuation, mental level, um, is not comparable to what I went through when I was 20. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember I'd called you back then too. This was when I was transferring to my new school at Chapman and that was the breakup period. Like that was extremely lonely because I didn't have actual resources of friends and feedback to go to. That was like a full on lone wolf moment, mm-hmm. but it was like, that's I remember acknowledging to myself it can't be worse than this in the future like this is preparing you girl like like something else would be rough later on but not as bad as this and right right? and the closest thing to that is is the most recent nine months but even that I was reminding myself like it wasn't as bad as when you were 20 you know so it was like a it was a nice smile you know because I realized like you've been through harder so like you can do this like you're you're gonna be good yeah um and and that's I like that you said that and emphasized yeah, I, I I appreciate what you're sharing too, Emily, because that's that's the thing. It's like I call it like spiritual bypass, mm-hmm. where a lot of people they want just things to always feel good. Yeah. Where sometimes things don't always feel good, right? But they're like the best thing that can be happening for you in that time, even right. though it doesn't feel like it. Right. But I think having that uncanny ability to be able to see that and to know that and to understand that as the times are going on, we'll uh-huh. make them that much more bearable and accepting and eventually fun. And I mentioned, you know, how I reached out to you back then when I was 20. So that was like six years ago. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to touch on like the value of our friendship because I feel like you mentioned it too. I've had other people kind of use similar words in that I happen to be rich in relationships. And I I do uh, value that about myself. I do think I do a great job at maintaining, uh, keeping up with friends, no matter where they are in the world, um, having regular calls. Like we tend to do that. Like it'll just be like a voicemail memo being like, Hey, are you free after whatever time? It's, it's just like, we do that all the time. And, you know, <laughs> I might be the exception. We can preface this, but I do have a lot of male friends yeah. as you know, as I know. And, um, what I, what I have to say is I think the fact I, that I have very valuable, mindful male friends who aren't always just enabling me to be like, yeah, Emily, like you go do, you know, like I come to you, I come to Elia, I come to all my guy friends, entrepreneurs and not entrepreneurs, different questions that I'm maybe struggling with or maybe something that I, I need more expansion on. And I noticed that that has allowed me to approach things as mindful as possible not jumping to conclusions you again know me for many years you're always pushing me to see it from a different lens as well as uh with that awareness of my tendencies so like like the willingness to call me out as needed and i think that's very healthy for me which is why i am the way i am right now and i think though a lot of girls listening sometimes they are curious like how can i get more towards that and my personal bias is a little bit of of that expansion of of your friend group right Mm -hmm. don't just always go to your your female group chat and and ask and talk about these things because you're going to get the same cycle of responses right that's what i observed at a young age so i was like i'm going to ask different types of people so that i'm not always in the same pattern and loop right so um i'm I'm curious to get your thoughts on like what you think um about our friendship and and why it is important perhaps to be able to go to different types of people you get certain feedback because I know you do the same too. And, and, and outside this friendship, you also have coach and 
and you are you coach people and you have a coach as well and you have coaches so just kind of curious on your thoughts on that spring is in the air at littleton coin company and we want to help you brighten your collection visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15 percent off your purchase with a wide selection of coins paper money supplies and more littleton coin company has something for every collector's taste use promo code spring at littletoncoin.com for 15 percent off your purchase all month long restrictions apply littleton coin company serving collectors since 1945. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Yeah, Emily, so when it comes to our friendship, I think we've always had a common common, uh, theme of things that propel us forward, Mm -hmm. right? Like, we both love personal development. We or we're ambitious people. We we want to connect, help help others grow. We want to we want to find connectivity amongst ourselves, but among also amongst people that we come across. I think uh, I think us being able to have that to ourselves will allow us to keep on moving forward. I think again, also in relationship, right? You have something called the test of time. Mm-hmm. So time is time is the really interesting factor. That we say time heals and time reveals. Mm-hmm. So the, the beauty of time and, and a successful relationship, you'll connect, you'll connect and get to learn about each other and, and about yourself as well amongst the journey. Mm-hmm. And those are like the best relationships. That's why like you're going to one of your girls group chat, mm-hmm. right? You want to be mindful of the source. Correct. The source is everything. Yeah. So you want to be mindful of the source of wherever you're getting, whatever you're getting. Correct. Correct. Which I want to say, I, I personally think most are not. And that's why I'm sharing this is like, I'm I'm kind of calling out as a as a push to the women listening is like, you know, be mindful, like ask yourself about that source. You know, like are you aware? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I I think also one of the benefits that we do well is not it's not about validation seeking, mm-hmm. but it's more about discernment, understanding and, and connecting, which is being able to ask insightful questions to understand the lens of yourself and of the world through a close friend, through a partner's eyes, through a mentor's mm-hmm. eyes, through through a credible source. Mm-hmm. And uh, being able to do so will let you really get that much more redefined in, in the relationship. And I think that's what we do extremely well. We ask mm-hmm. for insight from each other. We help each other. Yeah. And not just that, we we understand and we, we learn to connect with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My favorite is being able to uh, ask you about feminine and masculine energy because you know my energy very well. And, um, and it's something, it's something I, I definitely wanted to talk about today too, because I feel like, um, especially in the U S the culture is different. We're definitely now getting more into, um, the discrepancies on gender roles and, and, um, you know, all these different things. And I feel like there's a huge, what do you call it? Kind of like push pull right now, like from an energetic level on like, no like we should we're all like the same energy and like no there's no difference and like yes there's feminine yes there's masculine and like all these different things right and one thing like the reason why i want to touch on is because for me i know that i do have a pretty assertive dominant personality and it's something i have been able to also recognize on my own and learn how and when to 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 let the soft feminine ener- energy show up and, and why that's been actually really helpful for me in the dating aspect. Because then I'm getting the type of male I want, which is someone that can lead. That's something I told you that my my, my ex of four years in college, he didn't have some of those traits that I wanted. And I, I made note of that when I ended things with him. And that was something I was looking for in the next partner. But I do, I think I'm conscious to know, like if I'm always leading or if I'm always showing up in this, you know, dominant assertive you know ceo way i'm not going to be able to also like you used to say like if i'm a bob i don't want to date another bob you know and i heard that type of comment amongst many type many men like a lot of guys they say that um so i kind of want to touch on that in in um just balancing that energy and and your 
your take on it for women and how they can utilize, especially maybe re- helping them reframe that being in your feminine energy is not a weak or bad thing, which is in my perspective, I sometimes see that narrative thrown around today, which is why, um, you know, some cultures or some types of girls are like, nope, I want to pay for my my bill or nope, don't open the door for me. It's like, hold the fuck up. Like, why do like, why you know, like, hell yeah, open that door for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's how I am, you know, sure. yet I still maintain this, uh, like, I'm, I'm still my own, like, I'm still independent. Like, I still got my own shit going on, but I'm not letting that over, like, stop me from getting the other part, you know? And sure. so I think sometimes they're almost thinking it can't coexist, and I believe I'm an, I'm an example of that. Totally, totally, totally. I, I think you are um, touching upon the balancing of energies, if you will. I think it's important to know, like, I would, yeah, I believe in the law of nature, right? Mm-hmm. So all things that are of nature will always return back to their original form, mm-hmm. right? Meaning, and I, 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 I believe in it to where a, a woman's natural uh, nature is to be in the feminine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it doesn't mean that a woman can't be masculine as well, mm-hmm. right? And equally enough, I, I believe a man's natural nature mm-hmm. is to be that of the masculine. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that man can't be feminine as well. Mm-hmm. I think the uh, the balance or the tipping point, if you will, is, is how can they both coexist together, which is what you were alluding to. Yeah. I think things Emily now are just so almost polarized so where it's like it's like it's like this way or that way yes where it doesn't need to be correct it doesn't need to be um so for me um I suppose I suppose uh for any woman I think it's I think it's great for a woman to to be in her feminine uh and really for her to self-explore and identify what that does that mean for her Mm mm-hmm um does that mean she's soft and yielding does that mean she's doing a certain act does that Mm -hmm. mean she's feeling a certain way mm-hmm. um and being able to explore that i i think uh sometimes and wh- where you could, where you are the exception right mm-hmm. um I, I think i think personally you are very feminine i think you have a masculine energy to you as well mm-hmm. but more than that um more than that emily i think uh being able to to know that it's okay it's acceptable and there's nothing wrong mm-hmm. i think that will go a long way I think we, I think where a lot of us are trying to be perfect or thinking that it has to be a certain way or I got to be a certain way or they're not going to be a certain way. Mm-hmm. And there's, it's, it's so much rigidity like this, like back and forth. Yes. Yeah. When really it's more, it's more connectedness. It's more, it's more circular when it comes to the energy. Yeah. And so no matter what energy it is, whether it's masculine or feminine, the question to ask is, well, where, what place is this coming from? Uh-huh. Is this coming from a, a line place or a, a place of um, discord and division? Mm-hmm. And I think, that really is most the most important to pay attention to as opposed just to like the specific type of energy because masculine energy can be erratic and so can feminine energy right but it's being able to, to know in alignment where is this energy really coming from yeah where is it being deployed from yeah and it's funny because i think about how my mom used to make comments when i was younger thinking um because i was she used to make small comments like oh if you're too smart like no guy's gonna want you mm-hmm. or if you're like basically these these common things that she and most traditional people who view it in a traditional way think that men are more this and women are more like this. And I see that's probably why in the modern culture, people are trying to like steer away from that, right? And I think there is some truth to that, but but like changing the context. Like my mom's thinking too smart means like no guy wants me. I think it's maybe more like if I'm too dominant, um, I think the type of guy that I will want will might not be as attracted. And I've like seen that kind of play out when I was younger, like yeah. maybe a couple of years ago. So I see that in, in that way. But I don't think it's about me being smart. I think it's just like me holding that like sharp power. And so and so for me, I've I've noticed as I've grown wiser is um, being able to still be that way, that sharp intellectual Emily, especially in the business world, in my professional world. And then kind of like you said, it's circular, kind of yeah. like yin yang is how I look at it, right? What complements you? So for me, I actually really enjoy, even though I do have uh, elements of masculine energy in me, I actually really enjoy when I get to be more like feminine and soft and like not do anything with a romantic partner. Like I actually like noticed it in the recent two years, like, oh, I really like that. I like when they when they can you know take care of it or I like when they have that in their nature because, because in my nature, I like... I like a time and place where I can show up a little bit more yielding and, and feminine and soft in a great way. 
people just I don't know I sometimes I feel like the in, in this progressive thinking it's a lot about well if I let him pay it, it makes him think like he can do xyz it's just like this kind of narrative and I think that might be also the problem is simply drawing boundaries you know like in the sense of um maybe self-awareness that yes I can do this on my own and I'm still able to but also I'm going to be I guess accepting and grateful that a man will also like offer this if that makes sense yeah. I don't know I think there's I think there's like um resistance to that right now because of like the polarizing like and I'm trying I'm talking like kind of like modern dating if you will and all these questions of it should he pay should he not pay to like women split their bill like it's, it's getting to that point yeah you know? yeah well similar to what i told you i mean I, I i think certain guys just shouldn't date or go out with certain women mm-hmm. a, unless they're at a certain point as well mm-hmm. right Me, meaning it would provide means resources etc mm-hmm. uh i personally at one point thought like dude being a provider was a bad thing why uh i did at one point i don't anymore uh-huh um I, I don't, I don't, I can't really remember why. Okay. Uh, I just, I just did. I remember the, it was just something that I, I, I saw was a bad thing for whatever lack of reason or I don't recall why. Okay. However, uh, what I can tell you is it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the more, the more man's in his masculine, the more whatever woman he's with can be in her feminine and no problem in each other because a man can't actually reach his highest value without a woman help and, and vice versa as well. Yeah. Vice versa as well. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> Remember, I said that the other day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, but like you know, I, I made a comment about how I like to kind of uh, play all cards, if you will, which is kind of part of my three bucket theory on an episode I released like a couple weeks ago. Just in that, you know, in in the modern day world, I think it is very important for women to be able to have some self sufficiency because you can't always put your eggs in that man or that relationship or if anything. Uh, occurs within that relationship that doesn't align with you whether that's maybe cheating or something to that degree um i have i i know of an older older generation where they have to stay in that because of financial reasons and i think it is important for women to have that own safety net but in my three bucket theory it also talks about your partner's wealth Mm -hmm. right and then if you if you're lucky family wealth whatever that gets you know left for you and so ideally filling all three buckets but your own bucket first is what i tell women and of course, like, yes, still have a, a man that can, can do certain things that whatever is your standard and needs, but um, still have your own. And that doesn't mean just because you have your own uh, means that a man won't want to help you. I think my mom used to kind of say that, too. Mm. I think it was just like subconscious fear. Right. Which is weird, though. She's like an entrepreneur, too. So I don't I don't know. Mm. But I think she's now shifted that. <laughs> I think we're all learning over time. More than that, though, with a woman doing her own thing or whatever it may be. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, the proper partner will will help that thing grow as well. Mm-hmm. Right. If 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 she's the seed or the soil, then uh, he will be the fertilizer, the water that helps nourish the garden, mm-hmm. and vice versa. Speaking of relationships, can we talk a little bit on cultural dynamics and how that plays that how that also is an additional role that maybe, as I told you the other day, I feel like all this trending dating stuff on you know, Instagram and TikTok that people, especially pre- predominantly in America, are speaking about in, in the dating. I remember when I watched those things or I hear about those things, um, I was, my first thought is, well, this might primarily pertain to American dating, but it's different in South America and in Europe. And I know that for a fact because I date a lot of European guys, mm-hmm. like guys that are born and raised in, you know, like that country in yeah. Europe. And so, um, and I know you, again, being in South America and you also may be dating outside of the American culture too, notice a difference. But uh, I felt like it's it's fair for us to touch on it because both of us, um, for like my listeners, I have listeners all around the world, but I think it's relevant for them to kind of hear the differences and kind of our thoughts on that. Sure. I mean, so for example, in my experience it's dating Latin American, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So things are a bit more different here where some women... They're not a, they don't have, you know, certain careers or, or they're not, they don't have all college degrees. Right. Yeah. So here, some of the cultural acceptances, there's like the guy always pays for the taxi. Mm-hmm. Like it's extremely like, it's just what it is. Right. You know? Um, there is a, there's, there's also like more extreme examples though, where sometimes they can get lost. I think 
where they think, well, the guy always pays that way. The woman doesn't work to control her. Right. 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 Which, by the way, I want to say is sometimes I feel like this has crossed over into the American mentality a lot, which is which is why there's this polarizing like, well, then we like feminine, like feminism and like women do this and all this stuff. And it's gone again, in my personal opinion, down like a little bit unhealthy. Yeah. If you will. You know, totally, totally, totally. So. So that's like so sometimes sometimes things can get lost in translation, mm-hmm. right? And then like mm-hmm. they're like they're just schizoid. Uh, so cultural differences like that. I know at one point like the language was a thing for me because mm-hmm. I wasn't fluent like I am now. Yeah. So sometimes on the path of like language learning and communicating with someone, if it's in a different language that's not your native language, yeah. Things you have to be mindful. There's different definitions or what, the way that these people take things. Sure. You know. So uh, yeah. So that's 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 a real big thing. So you have to be open minded when dating out of dating out of your own normalized native culture correct and not just open-minded but curious and yeah and curiosity i think yeah. will take it far because you're like well what else can i learn and right it's awesome because you'll have an emerging awareness uh-huh. about yourself mm-hmm. through dating other cultures correct. you'll find out things i like and i, I didn't like or i didn't realize i love it and yeah and that's going to be that's that's where it makes the that the aspect of the relationship that much more fun to mm-hmm. to get involved in to, uh, to connect with should i say how do you feel about uh, like what's the dating vibe? Um, let's say here in in Colombia, and maybe it could also correlate to most of South America. In especially, for example, one thing that is very American that I've also learned is not as frequent in Europe, which is the dating multiple people in the early days, and then having a talk about being exclusive. And even when you're exclusive, you're you're only dating. You're not like in a relationship yet. And what I've learned through dating European men, and this is both from like Italian guys, Russian guys, uh, just even my girl from Denmark, like she's told me this too, which is how for the most part, um, even a girl, a a podcast listener, she's probably listening to this right now. I had a talk with her. uh, I ran into her in Milan last year. And she told me a bit about how her experience with dating an American guy in Italy was a little different. Um, But for the most part, what they tend to do is that they tend to you know, date slowly and they just call it dating, but they'll go on like mm-hmm. a few dates and it tends to ex- expand over a long period of time, like yeah. seven or eight months. And that's still dating, but they're like also not dating other people. Like they're not like sleeping with anyone else. They're not going on dates with anyone else. 80% of the time, that's what they do. But they're also not calling it like boyfriend and girlfriend, especially in the Russian culture, which I am very familiar with. Yeah. Uh, apparently they don't even have like a word for boyfriend and girlfriend. It's almost like naturally assumed. An American culture is like, all right, after a few dates, you have the exclusive talk just to make sure you're not seeing anyone else, right? And I, I obviously had a problem with that running into my, with my last boyfriend because he was kind of like, what do you mean? Like, there's there's another person, <laughs> like, you know? And so I, I was never the type of person to date a lot of people, but if I wasn't, you know, in a for sure relationship yet and there was someone else that was interested in me and I might've had some strong enough interest in them, I might've still like had chats with them but i you know what i mean so that's such a cultural thing though and that was one thing i faced in cultural differences in dating um and so i'm curious if you experienced that here because i think that sometimes like even when i explain it to my american girlfriends like yeah what if i'm dating a european guy um you know they find it they kind of have this assumption or a little bit they're more assumptive of it's just us um they don't have some sort of exclusive talk and my american girlfriends though they say like oh that's so unfair like you know and i'm like well Yes and no. Like, I, I understand from their like I understand from the European perspective, it's a cultural thing. Americans are just like running around on Hinge, Tinder, Bumble, everything, and like talking to multiple people. That's like now embedded in the culture. That's not necessarily for other places. And I think once again, that's important for people who are listening and do date outside of their culture to be aware of, so they don't take it personally. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, open mindedness. But here, for example, like Latin America, a lot of men are known to be like. Being the average man's known to be notorious, almost like uh, promiscuous. Oh, if really? You will. So, oh, okay. In my experiences here, uh, when going out with a Latin, with a Latin American woman, South American woman, with all these countries, there's a there's a there's a trending theme that I see. Mm-hmm. But should she like you, she'll make it known that's the only one for her. She'll make it known that like there's an exclusivity going on here. She'll make you don't have to do anything if she likes you. Uh huh. Just for me, that's the way I know if they like. Like what do you mean? Like like do they say it like word for word or like do they, like what do they like how do they show it? Yeah, yeah. So they might they might they might they might point at my mail part and say, "Is this mine?" <laughs> you know, they might they might do that. That's happened. Uh, but not just that. They uh, 
they'll make it known. A Latino woman are known to be very jealous. Uh, oh, okay. But they'll, but they'll make it known. But they, they somehow, some way, they're going to make it known. That they, that they just want you for them. Correct, yeah. Are, are they dating other guys then too, usually? Um, or is it just like men that are like more kind of acceptable for them to be doing that? Yeah, okay. yeah. I think it's generally more known for the Latin men more okay. than the women. Um, and the woman is like assumed to be just with that guy. Like the guy might think you're just with me. Yeah, exactly. Correct. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and you, there's also different things that can pop up to like almost create the means for you to know. Like mm-hmm. maybe you'll meet their family. Okay. Right. You'll meet their family and. But there's, but there's no direct conversation about it. Exactly. No, no. It's just kind of, a, it's kind of implied. Correct. Okay. Okay. I, I had that experience with um, dating European men too. Yep. And whereas, yeah, it's so funny because I feel like um, for a while, like I personally like that approach more. Like I, again, I, I, you know me, I'm, I'm more of a, if I'm with you, I'm with you type of girl. Cause I think you get the best of Emily when you get the full Emily experience versus just like a partial. Um, but it is funny cause I, it's, been a long time since I ever had like an exclusive conversation. I also think they're kind of dumb. Yeah. Like to be like, but just make sure like you're not talking to anyone else. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but it's it's funny because it is such an American thing. So some people listening could be like, that is so weird that they wouldn't have a direct conversation about it. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But that's why it's saying it is such a cultural thing. And in New York, you know, like if you live there, like it is very common to run into guys that are not American. Like they're from you know, good chunk of Europe and they definitely have a different dating approach. Last thing I want to touch on is self-awareness because there's something I told you that I've been observing a lot in you, something that I know that both of us have a strong tendency to have and try to practice and continue with. But I think especially for you, I see that in the way you, like definitely more like today than the last time I saw in Miami. And I feel like it, it's such like a like a different lightness, I think. And um, but I also see this heavily reflected in how you are as a manager and boss in your own company. I hear it in your conversations over the past few days and your meetings. And you're always very encouraging while still maintaining that that firmness that you need as needed. Right. Like whatever that specific area is. But I think that's something that once again, I, I told you the other day, I feel like comes with self-awareness and like knowing where to draw the line of like not being too harsh per se, because I think that's what a lot of managers, especially me having worked in sales before, I've had two sales manager and, and managers. And so I know the difference when I see and hear it, right? The self-awareness on on how to lead, how to also take feedback as needed, how to improve as you go. So, yeah, I guess, like, where do you think you've been able, or how do you think you've been able to develop that and use it in such a positive way? Yeah, great question, Emily. So, self-awareness is everything. How you treat people is everything. And people are the most valuable aspect. It doesn't matter what organization, service, business you're doing. For me, I believe I've learned over time. I believe I've made a lot of mistakes, but I've been self-aware mm-hmm. to be mindful of the mistakes and to ask, also ask myself was this the best choice that I could have done in the moment mm-hmm. or did I make a good choice versus a great choice mm-hmm. and different choices will yield different things mm-hmm. as a leader being able to be self-aware and to study my own feedback loop my feedback for myself my feedback from others mm-hmm. because feedback's everything feedback is the barometer and how you measure and how you grow successful team mm-hmm. for whatever organization you're in for me, I, I believe I've learned uh, on the job. Mm-hmm. I believe I've learned through reading. I believe I've also learned through my other mentors who happen to be CEOs mm-hmm. and seeing people who have a great team and asking them how they did it, mm-hmm. you know, and, and also being able and also not having the idea of being a perfect leader, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. I think, again, our, our def- so I'm encouraging because I know I'm not a perfect leader. Mm-hmm. So I only, I'm, I am only how I am because I would love people just to be the same way back to me, mm-hmm. right? So for me, realizing that I'm not a perfect leader allows me to be a great leader. Should I try to strive to be a perfect leader, I'll never be as great as I could be. Mm. I think that understanding and and realizing like, what's this about? Like, what's the purpose of this? The purpose is to win. Mm-hmm. The purpose is to grow. The purpose is to learn. Mm-hmm. We only get better with time. Mm-hmm. Someone can make a mistake. That's okay. I just ask myself, well, 
Where were they coming from? What was their intention? Mm-hmm. Well, why was that their thinking? And if I don't know, I'll ask. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe the reason why I'm very encouraging in, in, in our company is because I realized that no one worked for me. Everyone, we all work together. Mm-hmm. I also realized that part of my responsibility, part of the reason why I am where I am, position I hold, mm-hmm. is is to nurture, to develop, to grow the people. Mm-hmm. And so, really, it's uh, and it's and also the co- the cool thing is, is then having that feedback loop when your team starts helping you develop. Mm-hmm. And so now it's uh, a, a a a mutual osmosis connected relationship as opposed to I have all the answers. And you listen to me. Right. How are you asking for feedback in both your personal and professional life to build that self-awareness? Like, like how are you getting to that point where you are not, I don't know if you've ever experienced it, but maybe in the past, maybe you were more in your in, in egotistic state where you felt like you, you didn't need to ask those questions. You didn't need to hear the feedback from them. How did, if, if you were, if you could remember a time like that or closer to that, how did you shift into a place of, being curious so you could be better and accepting like, you know what? Yep. Like Mike, you, you got to work on this. Like you're, you're, you're a bit like this. Right. And again, I do this in my own format too. And I often, again, I speak with you about it. I ask you things. Um, mm-hmm. and I do this with other friends as well, but how are you doing it for yourself? And how have you seen that affect you just from a, an internal feeling standpoint? Really awesome question. So every morning I talk to myself in the mirror mm-hmm. and then I'll program myself for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say things like, Michael, hey, yesterday was good, but today needs to be better. Mm-hmm. What can we do that we didn't do yesterday that we can do today? What, how can we implement it? Where can we learn? What's the mark? What's the? I play every day as if we're always in halftime. Mm-hmm. And so you being a, mm-hmm. you being an athlete, right? We're always in halftime in business. Mm-hmm. So for me, communication is everything. I strive to create a culture where everyone can communicate and be as they are and not worry about the repercussions for being honest mm-hmm. where that's what happens like we punish honesty yeah so then we create we create a dishonesty right in a culture like even in all even i think about that too like on in personal friendships right if we give a friend just some feedback or helpful criticism some of them get defensive or or not as like i said and again i think it's always how you communicate it and how you word it and also being mindful um to, to sometimes ask for it too as needed and also being mindful of sometimes there are just people that will not be able to accept that little helpful nudge but I think that all also all comes back to self-awareness right if you are aware that you are not a perfect human being yet or a perfect friend or a perfect partner you know if, if you are aware of that then you're able to be more I think receptive mm-hmm. and recognize like this isn't to slam you down that's something that um i once again i clash with uh, with a family member on is they think that giving helpful and what when when asked for especially giving honest and helpful feedback is being mean or negative and it's not it's actually me uh trying to be encouraging still giving them the honest feedback but encouraging them like but hey like that's actually a great thing right it's just how you reframe it and again some people will never get there but to me i've always believed that what kind of friend am I if I am not sharing something valuable that could be helpful to this person in my life for them to be better? You know, sure. to withhold that information when you see it night and day is, I think, um, you know, not actually being a great friend. One thing that I appreciate about our time here together is over the past couple of days, you've seen me work with my team mm-hmm. and you, you've um, acknowledged like, hey, Michael, you have a great team. You put people a great team. Mm-hmm. The one thing I can tell you is we can only meet people that are adaptive with we've met ourselves. Mm-hmm. Also, when giving that, let's say, honest but tough feedback. Yeah. When I'm working with people who might not be as cued in or who might might be taking things, if I know they have a tendency to take things in a certain way, Correct. I make sure I provide clarity through uh, the pre-context of the conversation we're going to have. Okay. And I think framing is everything. Yeah. And being able to tell people why you're thinking what you're thinking based on evidence to support that claim uh-huh. will create clarity within the communication that's not happening. Uh-huh. So for me, that's one of my strategies that I use. So, hey, uh, by the way, it looks like um, based on everything, this is what I see. And and uh, it's no worries at all. Like, hey, Karen, I, you know, I see Karen, you know, you, you did great this week. You, some of our, some of our team work in a third world country, right? Uh-huh. So they might lose power. Right. So what I liked about her was she actually went to her cousin's house uh-huh. to 
uh, to continue working. Right. So you acknowledge that, but you also acknowledge why you're also making certain decisions. Right. So I think acknowledgement's everything, mm-hmm. and recognition is everything when building a proper team. Um, all right. Well, Mike, we're going to wrap this up. And final question. I've asked you this before. Also ask every guest on the show. In deeper reflection of the the additional years that you've experienced since being on the podcast, what would you say fulfills you in life? Freedom. Freedom, liberation. Uh, not external freedom as I once believed what freedom, I thought freedom was external. But freedom to be able to be me. Mm-hmm. Freedom to be able to be myself in my most rawest form. Not to have to strive to be perfect or in any way that I think I sh- anyone should be or I how people might think I should be or I should be. But really just being myself and, and my and my and my rawest form, that's given me a great deal of purpose. And that's what fulfills me every day to keep on striving in my business ventures and my relationship with my family, being able to be free, not on the not in the external world, but being able to just be myself. I really like that. Internal freedom. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mike, thanks for joining me on the podcast thanks for a third time here in Medellin. This is crazy. Columbia. Uh, where can everyone find you if you want to share your social media or any uh, books or resources you want to leave them with? Sure, sure. Uh, on Instagram, I'm at the real Mike Uribe. Um, and then email the real Mike Uribe at email.com. Amazing. Thank you. Thanks so much. And that was all for today's episode with my great friend, Mike Yu. As always, if you enjoyed this conversation, found value. And by the way, I know because I mentioned uh, in the very beginning of the podcast, I know some of you guys have actually DM'd me saying like you wish you had a Mike Yu in your life or that you wish you had this kind of friendship as well. So if you resonate with that by any means, uh, definitely would love to hear from you guys. And if you've been enjoying this podcast for a long time, it would mean the world if you rate and review the podcast on apple or spotify it takes a few seconds and for all of the fun podcast merch you can find out whatfulfillsyou.com that includes the card game the daily journal the hoodie and more so again everything's linked in the show notes whatfulfillsyou.com thanks again for tuning in today i would chat with you guys in the next episode Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.